Are you ready, Alice? Let's go, girls. <laughs> I went to the Zach Bryan concert uh-huh. at Railbird over uh-huh. the weekend. And before he came out on stage, like that's what they, like the whole stage went dark and that played. Oh my gosh. And the crowd went nuts. That's amazing. And out came Zach Bryan and his band. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so fun. It was, it was the best thing. Your little videos were so cute. It was the best thing ever. Hey guys, this is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. I'm Kara. I'm Megan. And here's Olive. Olive's here. Podcast you today. can't see her, but she's real happy. She's a good girl today. She's the happiest baby. She really is. I think it's because she, I'm here. I really think so. She, as soon as she saw Megan, she was so tired, but she just started grinning and reached for her and was just listening to her talk like, uh-huh, tell me all the stories. Yes. And now she's going to eat her feet. <laughs> she said, did you see how I had these things? <laughs> okay. couple things before we get started. We've summerfied store is <laughs> yes. that a good that's how we say yes it. so took out all the sweatshirts put in tank tops and everything so if you're looking for summer merch it's in there and there's some new merch designs in there too so fun and as always if you see a design you like but it's, it's like, not on something yeah it's yeah. not on a tank top and you want it on a tank top just message us we can probably make that happen yeah um usually pretty quickly so yeah. just let us know I'm pretty excited about some of the new merch that's in there. Uh, I, I really like a few of the designs. I can't wait. I mean, I like everything, but you know, right. I get excited when there's new stuff. Okay. So I have a really terrible story today. Lovely. Can't wait to hear it. It's a, you know, I don't do stories that involve children. Right. I cried yeah. while oh, researching lovely. this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so just be prepared for that, you guys. How fun. <laughs> yeah. How fun is that? Are you ready? Do you have anything before we get started? No, I think I'm good. Okay. Back in the 1950s. Okay. Robert Cosgrove Greenlease Sr. Mm. Quite a name. That's a long one. He was a multimillionaire auto dealer in Kansas City, Missouri. Oh. He'd been the one who brought like General Motors to that part of the country. Like oh, wow. he introduced okay. them to the GM vehicles. Gotcha. And then he owned dealerships from like Texas to South Dakota. Oh. He and his second wife, Virginia, had a son also named Robert Greenlease. Okay. Who went by Bobby. Bobby wasn't their only child. He had an adopted older brother, too, named Paul Robert Greenlee. So there's lots of Roberts. Oh, wow. All yeah. the Roberts. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. So six-year-old Bobby mm-hmm. attended a Catholic preschool there in Kansas City. And on September 28, 1953, his aunt came to pick him up from school around 11 a.m. She told the nuns, I've been out shopping with his mom, uh-huh. and his mom had a heart attack. And I need to take Bobby to see her. Oh, gosh. She's at St. Mary's Hospital. And the woman was, like, visibly upset, obviously. And she was, like, apologetic about being all emotional. Yeah. You know how women aren't allowed yeah. to be emotional about anything. Yeah, especially in the 50s. No, she's probably on her period. Mm-hmm. Um, the nun. <laughs> the devil. <laughs> the nun told Bobby his aunt had come to pick him up. But she didn't tell him about his right. mom. Because, you right. know, she didn't yeah. want to be the one to break it to him. But, um she figured his family would do that. Yeah. So Bobby comes in and, you know, goes straight over to his aunt. She puts his hand on his shoulder and they leave. They hop into a cab to head to the hospital. Okay. So she wasn't even driving. She, ha- she was right. in a cab. She had a cab. Women don't drive. No. Right, no. Right, you, right, can't, right. you can't you can't trust a woman. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> of course, everyone knew the Greenlees family. And they were really worried about Bobby's mom. So, like, 15 to 20 minutes later, one of the nuns called to check on how she's doing. Because when the aunt had came in, all she had said was she, she had, had a heart, heart attack. attack. They not didn't that really she know. Died, not that she's right. in critical condition. Okay. They didn't know if it was like something she'd recover from. Right. Yeah. She's going to have to have surgery. Yeah. What's the deal? So the nun calls the Greenlease home. Okay. And Virginia Greenlease 
the mother, oh, answers the phone. She sure does. What? And that's when they find out that Virginia Greenlees had not had a heart attack <gasps> at all. And the woman who had taken Bobby from school <gasps> was not his aunt. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What? Robert Greenlee Sr. and Sr.? Sr. Okay. Mm-hmm. Robert Greenlee Sr. Mm-hmm. immediately called the police, who then called the FBI. Okay. So they tracked down the cab driver who had taken them from the preschool pretty quickly. His okay. name was Willard. Willard. And he confirmed that he had picked up a woman who matched the description of Bobby's so-called aunt. And she had asked him to take her to the preschool, then wait outside for her. And she returned to the cab about six minutes later with a little boy matching Bobby's description and then asked to be taken to the Cat's Drug Store at Westport and Main Street in Kansas City. Oh. The last time Willard saw the woman and boy, they had stopped behind a blue 1952 or 1953 Ford sedan. Ford? Ford. 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 We took last week off. (laughs) And you could tell. She forgot how to talk (laughs) during that time frame. She... I like how we say that as if I usually never, never have these never issues. Ever. <laughs> no. Never, ever, ever, ever. There's always a reason. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they stopped behind a blue 1952 or 53 uh-huh. Ford sedan with Kansas license plates. Oh. The first ransom letter showed up at the Greenlees' home by mail that evening. It demanded $600,000 in 10s and 20s. So wait, by mail... Doesn't mail take forever? I know. So I guess maybe somebody illegally put it in their mailbox. It wasn't really the no, postman? because it said it was postmarked 6 p.m. and mailed special delivery. So oh. I feel like in the 50s, the mail system must have been. Anybody goes. Whenever. Apparently. Much There's different. a special delivery. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to take it right now. Tom, I've got you on standby. <laughs> so. For after hours. This $600,000 would be about $6.6 million Ooh. today. Wow. They wanted it to be put in a duffel bag, and they promised that Bobby would be returned without harm in 24 hours, as long as there were no tricks in delivering the money. Okay. The kidnappers specified that the money had to be collected from all 12 of the Federal Reserve banks. Why? I don't know. I feel like maybe something about making it harder to trace, like if they all came from different places, but that doesn't really make any sense. No, it doesn't. But I don't know if the kidnappers knew that didn't make any sense. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? They wanted $20,020 bills and $20,010 bills. The next day, a second ransom letter arrived. Inside the envelope, his parents found the Jerusalem medal that Bobby had worn. This letter made the same ransom demands as the one before and said that Bobby was okay but homesick. Oh my gosh. And they, when I read about the ransom letters, they were like, you know, he's doing fine, but he's quite a handful acting like, we're really earning this ransom oh money. Oh my gosh. Like, oh, sorry. We've been doing so good. You're at not keeping nannies. Him yeah. <laughs> like, keeping him, you know, messy. Yeah. You really owe us this money he for really putting likes up with your child. God. So, desperate to save his son, Robert Greenlease called several of his closest friends in order to meet the demands of the kidnappers. Oh. So the whole thing about like getting the money from the different banks oh, and all okay. that. Gotcha. <clears throat> so one of those was one of his friends was the head of a local bank, and his name was Arthur Eisenhower. Related to Dwight. Absolutely. Oh, he was the really? brother of Dwight Eisenhower. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Who was president at the time. Yeah. Wow. So Arthur made sure to record the serial number of every bill. Oh, my gosh. And that list was later printed in several newspapers to try to track down the money. I mean, that's a lot. I know. 20,000 bills. 40,000. Because it was oh, 20,000 yeah. 20s oh, yeah, yeah, and 20,000 yeah. 10s. My gosh. While they were pulling the money together, the kidnappers continued to contact the Greenleys family. They repeatedly assured Bobby's mother that Bobby was fine. They just kept talking about, yep, he's fine. He's just a little boy. He's just just wild. Just rambunctious. He won't leave us alone about snacks. (laughs) 
At the time that the ransom was paid, it was the largest ransom ever paid in U.S. history. Oh, my gosh. The final call from the kidnappers came at 1 a.m. on October 5th, confirming they had received the ransom and they would return Bobby alive and well within 24 hours. Oh, not immediately? 24 hours came and went, and Bobby wasn't returned. Oh, no. What the Greenleys family didn't know, what they couldn't have known, is that at the time the kidnappers were making those promises, six-year-old Bobby Greenleys was already dead. Oh, my gosh. In fact, he had been killed shortly after he was taken, <gasps> even before the very first ransom letter was sent. <gasps> oh, my gosh. So the whole time that they're talking. About things that he's doing and stuff. It's and talking not. to his mom on the phone. Oh, oh he's just gosh. a handful. Uh, he was dead the entire time. Trying to give her hope. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's really disgusting it gets worse oh no okay um a few days go by and then st louis police lieutenant louis shoulders hmm. received a phone call from a guy named joe costello oh that sounds promising. very very <laughs> yeah well they called him a gangster in a yeah. few of the articles that i read he owned a cab company and one of, of course his, you did <laughs> right one of his taxi drivers had an interesting story to tell about a guy who had been using him as his personal driver, handing out money like it grew on trees, telling him to go oh. buy whatever he wanted. Oh. This customer had told him he'd gotten all the money by embezzling it. Hmm. Of course you did. And she's at home. Mm-hmm. She's at home, too. <laughs> and the cab driver knew just where to find this guy because he'd helped him rent a little apartment. So initially, when police showed up to arrest this guy, they thought they were catching an embezzler. Okay. They just wanted to talk to him about all the money he was carrying right, like around. where did, what are you yeah. doing? But once they got him into custody, he broke down and confessed everything. Oh, my gosh. His name was Carl Austin Hall, and he had gone to military school with Paul <gasps> Greenlees. Remember, I mentioned yes, Bobby's older yeah. adopted brother? So that's how he knew the family and their wealth. Oh, no. When Carl got older... He inherited a little bit of money from his father, but he wasted it. He blew it all on failed business ventures. Mm -hmm. After that, Carl was like, well, now I need money, so I'm going to be a respectable citizen and do what you do when you need money. Right, right, right. Rob people. Yeah. That's what everybody does. from yeah. people. Don't get a job. You don't work hard for mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. No, you definitely need to steal it. Yes. So he robbed a few cab drivers, and that landed him in prison. Oh. So he spent that time in prison rehabilitating himself right just becoming meditating. a better man mm -hmm. self-care mm -hmm. yeah thinking about all the wrong turns he had made in his Coming life up with new business plans and how he would fix it and no right. kidding he spent that time planning the ultimate heist amazing he okay. decided that kidnapping was the only crime where you could strike once and retire for life oh <laughs> wow and he knew just the family mm, of course he did the green pieces. of course he did when he was released from prison, Carl met Bonnie Emily Hetty, hmm. a woman who had a bit of a drinking problem and, from what I can tell, terrible taste in men. Of course. Carl told her about his plan to kidnap a Greenlease kid and never work again. And she, and she was she like, said, how could you do that? No. No. She's like, you're the man for me. Amazing. What <laughs> a fairy tale. What a dream. <laughs> dream oh of a man. Oh, my God. I can't wait to tell wow. my mom about you. Wow. going to take you home for Christmas. At first... They'd been planning to kidnap the Greenleases' 11-year-old daughter. Okay. But then decided that six-year-old Bobby would be easier. Right. Okay. So it was Bonnie who posed as Bobby's aunt oh, the day he was taken. Uh, and by the way, I hate this. Later, when she talks about this whole thing, um, Bonnie, she talks about how Bobby just walked right up to her and took <gasps> her hand. And she said, he was so trusting. 
Oh my gosh. I'm like, you freaking monster. I would have slapped her in the face, even I, if I was doing the interview with It is so sad because you think, and the nuns said, they were like, there was just no sign that he didn't know who she was. Right. Because he was just such an obedient kid. Yeah. And they were like, this is your aunt. And he just yeah. walked right up to her, took yeah. her hand and left with her. He didn't act like he didn't know her. Oh my gosh. He just uh, trusted the adults. Oh, that makes me sick. Ew. Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my hair cut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener exciting. and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay, so I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly wavy hair so it was a huge game changer for me it dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny which i noticed immediately mm-hmm. i didn't even need to straighten it afterwards and usually i do because usually i have all those wild like curls left over yeah. the wind power on this thing is intense it's wild like i turned it up i was like let's play with these buttons okay so it has three magnetic styling attachments they're all amazing you know how some blow dryers you get are like if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like oh my gosh this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's gonna be so tangled not with this one and it's magnetic so it's great so right now you guys our listeners can get 30 percent off their first order at timobeauty.com t-y-m-o beauty.com Using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to TYMOBeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. So she had taken Bobby to the Cats drugstore where they met Carl in the parking lot. And they drove across state lines into Kansas. Ugh. Bonnie got out of the car and walked away while Carl killed Bobby. <gasps> I'm already about to burst into tears. I hate so Coral. listen. I tried like three different times to type out how Bobby was killed, and every time Mm-mm. I had to stop. No, because I, I was I like picturing no, no, it. No, no. Can't do it. So it's awful, and I don't need to tell. Like Carl, right. Carl killed Bobby. Okay, right. Carl's so, a horrible human, sweet little Bobby. It's awful. Yeah. So from there. Carl and Bonnie drove back to Bonnie's house where they buried Bobby <gasps> in a grave that Carl had dug what? the night before. So, like, for sure, premeditated. They knew they were going to kill yeah. him the entire time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then they planted flowers on top of the grave no, just what? to make it look like they, so the freshly turned dirt wouldn't be suspicious. Oh, <gasps> what? Uh, so, when Bonnie showed up to pick Bobby up from preschool and he put his little hand in hers, she knew that his grave was waiting at her house. Mm-mm. No, no. I can't. No. I don't even understand how, how, how. So how she got out of the car and walked human. away while Carl. Yeah. She left him alive. I just can't. I, <laughs> nope. No, 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 no.
God. Okay. So, and then they'd made the ransom demands, gotten the ransom. Called family, wrote notes. Oh, what? Apparently the ransom drop had to be made twice because the first time Carl oh. couldn't find it, which whatever. I mean, uh-huh. but then they finally got it and confirmed with the green leases that they'd received it. And then while Robert and Virginia Greenlease waited on instructions on where to find Bobby, Carl and Bonnie headed to St. Louis. <gasps> so thanks to Carl's confession, police found Bonnie passed out in an apartment that Carl and Bonnie had rented as soon as they'd gotten to St. Louis. And this has all taken place over just like a couple days. Right. So when they first got to St. Louis, they rented this little apartment. I mean, Carl basically like abandoned Bonnie there. He got her super drunk. She passed out. Yeah. He left a couple thousand dollars for her and took off. Oh, my gosh. He was like, I got all this money for myself. Yeah. He was not planning on coming back to her. Okay. From there, from the uh-huh. where they found Bonnie, they headed straight to Bonnie's home where they found the new flower bed and dug it up to retrieve Bobby Greenlease's body. Oh, my gosh. He was recovered around 8.40 a.m. on October 7th, 1953, buried near the porch of Bonnie's home. Oh, his body had been wrapped in a plastic bag and lime had been poured over it. <gasps> the Greenlease family dentist had to identify the body. Oh, what? Carl Hall and Bonnie Hetty pled guilty and were sentenced to death in Missouri's lethal gas chamber. Oh, my gosh. The judge at the time said, I think the verdict fits the evidence. It is the most cold-blooded, brutal murder I have ever tried. Oh, my gosh. Neither of them, neither, neither, neither did a thing. Neither of them bothered to appeal the verdict. On December 18, 1953, they were executed side by side at the Missouri State Penitentiary. Penitentiary. It's not that, Kara. Don't you dare mispronounce it. <laughs> Who would do that? A second chair was installed in the gas chamber so that they could execute the two of them simultaneously. Oh, my gosh. Simultaneously. Wow. So Carl was pronounced dead at 12, 12 a.m., and Bonnie was pronounced dead 20 seconds later. Wow. Bonnie Hetty is one of only four women to have ever been executed by federal authorities as of 2021. Oh my gosh. And of those, she's the only one to be executed by gas chamber. Wow. Yeah. There is still one enduring mystery attached to this case. Okay. When Carl and Bonnie picked up the ransom that had been left for them, it was in a duffel bag. Right. Carl then went and purchased two metal suitcases and transferred the money into those. Those suitcases were in his apartment at the time of his arrest. Okay. According to Carl, nearly all of the money should have been there. And I know earlier when I talked about how he was just like throwing money around, mm-hmm. it sounded like he'd been on a wild spending spree and was quickly yeah. going through the money, but it had only been a couple days. So he couldn't have spent it that much. Right? right, 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 right. The thing is, it appears that a good chunk of the money never made it to the police station. Oh, and to this day, only about $288,000 has been recovered. So we're missing a little over half. Yeah. I think the estimate is that there should have been something like $550,000. Right. Some articles act like the full $600,000 should have been there, but we know but that he, he spent some of it. And he left some of it with Bonnie. Right. And yeah. So let's just say five hundred and fifty. So Joe Costello, the owner of the cab company who called right. Lieutenant Shoulders, he and Lieutenant Shoulders were apparently friends. Mm-hmm. Lieutenant Shoulders had once driven a cab, too. Oh, okay. And apparently, the St. Louis police in the 50s was fairly corrupt. Right. Yeah. When Lieutenant Shoulders went to arrest Carl Hall, he was driven there by patrolman Elmer Dolan. Okay. According to Shoulders and Dolan, they brought the cases containing all of the money into the station at the same time that they brought Carl in. Okay. Later, there was testimony that no one saw them bringing the cases in when they said they did. Oh. There was this huge investigation into the missing ransom money. 
Shoulders and Dolan had just pulled off this huge arrest in this huge case, and they should have been celebrated and promoted and right, all of that. Right. But instead, there was this big cloud of suspicion around Ooh. them. It seemed like they had brought in some of the money. But not all. But not all of it. They both ended up being convicted for perjury in a federal court for supposedly lying about the sequence of events from the time they arrested Carl Hall until the time the money was brought into the police station and counted. Oh. So they're saying, you're not telling the truth because right. all the money's not here. Right. So they were convicted of perjury. Wow. Several witnesses testified that they had seen Shoulders and Dolan when they came back to the police station with Carl and that they hadn't been carrying anything. Oh. Shoulders' response to this was that the cases of money were outside in the car at that point. And they brought Carl in, got him secured, and then went back out to get the money and bring it in. Okay, that kind of makes sense, though. It does. But if that had happened, where the money go? Yeah, where was it? Yeah. So the official theory is this. After Shoulders and Dolan brought Carl in, they both left the station saying they had to run some personal errands. The theory is that this is when they returned to the apartment where they picked up Carl, took half the money, then brought the rest of it to the police station through a back door. For what it's worth... Carl made an official statement before his execution saying that at the time he was arrested, the money had been left behind at the apartment. Like, he specifically remembered yeah. that they had not brought the suitcases yeah. with him. And this directly contradicted the police officer's statement that the money was taken into custody at the time of Carl's arrest. Ooh. One thing we do know through the investigation into the missing money is that after picking up the ransom money, but before his arrest, Carl had bought a shovel. When he was asked about this, he said he had intended to bury some of the money, but huh. dropped the idea when he couldn't decide on a suitable place to bury it. Okay. But there, I mean, we're saying that we're sure Carl is telling the truth. Yeah. And I don't know why we think that about anything. Right, exactly, because he hasn't at all. He could have buried some of that money. Right. I mean, we don't know. Right. Lieutenant Shoulders went to prison for three years, and Elmer Dolan went to prison for two years. Okay. When they were released, they both returned to St. Louis. Shoulders died a few years later in 1962. After Shoulders died, uh-huh. Dolan confessed to the FBI that he had committed perjury <gasps> because he was more afraid of Shoulders than he was of prison. <gasps> so he was willing to lie because he knew that Shoulders and Costello would kill him oh if he told gosh. the truth. He waited until Shoulders and Costello were both dead before he gave <gasps> this statement. According to Dolan, the night they arrested Carl Hall, Lieutenant Shoulders and Joe Costello decided to keep half the ransom money. So Dolan, Shoulders, and Costello all went to Costello's house the night that Carl was arrested. And what? in the basement, according to Dolan, there were large amounts of cash stacked in two suitcases and on a table. He said Shoulders offered him $50,000, but he turned it down. Oh, my gosh. It's speculated that most of the missing money was funneled through the mafia. Oh, fun. Elmer Dolan received a full pardon from President Johnson on July 21st, 1965. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's it. There's just so many awful parts about this story. Like, there's all of the awfulness, of course, surrounding Bobby. And then the police officers... Being so corrupt. Took that that money that was like, this little boy died. Yeah. And you thought... the thing you can think about. You just couldn't... I'm going to profit off of this. Yeah. Gross. It's so gross. It's so awful. Ew. It's just tragic. That's so so sad. Mm -hmm. His poor family just anticipating getting him back within 24 hours of... Dropping all that money. The articles were kind of all over the place, but they all were like, it was very shortly after they took him that they oh, killed him. I, like one article was like 30 minutes. Oh, later. my God. So I don't, you know, because the numbers were a little all over the place, I can't say yeah. exactly how long, but it was really that day. probably a couple hours yeah. at the most. Oh, my gosh. It was just terrible. Oh, people are horrible. And I don't know. I guess 
it's awful all around, but just something about a woman being involved uh-huh. made it worse to yeah. me. Like, I guess there's just no maternal instinct there. Yeah. Like, how can you have no compassion whatsoever? Yeah. Oh. Want to do some Patreon shout-outs? Yes. Pause okay. for a second, though. I saw a comment on one of our YouTubes that was like, it's emu, not emu. Emu? Isn't it? Or it's one what? Emu or something? E-M-U? Emu? I thought it was emu. I thought it was emu. They said it was whatever <laughs> it was. And I'm like, we're from Kentucky. <laughs> so whatever we I said have is no right, but there is a twang to it. We'll see. Now i got to understand. Emu, not emu. I don't know. I can't tell how she's phonetically pronouncing it. I just want I you guys know. to know that E-M-U is pronounced E-M-U, not E-M-O-O. So it's, it's not, not emu? emu. It's emu. Em- emu. emu. I think she's saying emu. Emu. But then I think that's a emu. Southern emu. issues. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry that if we've upset anybody listen, by mispronouncing the word E-M-U. Critters. Giant. <laughs> critters. <laughs> Bird critters. Bird critters. Marcy with the animal shelter, the one we get the fosters from, she has two of them. So we'll just ask her. Oh, she has two. <laughs> Please don't think that we are making fun of you. No. Whoever messes it. We're definitely making fun of ourselves because we truly have no clue how this no. is pronounced. I will be unsurprised yeah. if we are or aren't pronouncing right. it correct. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. Okay. Um, some shout Patreon shout-outs. If you are on the Body of a Goddess or Janet levels of the Patreon, you get a little shout-out on the show. Don't forget, if you're in the Patreon, you can join our Discord channel. If you can't find the link, just message us. It's posted there, and it should also be in the um, little welcome email you get when you subscribe. But you can always message us if you can't find it. And if you're a Janet, send us your Instagram handle so we can add oh, you yeah. to our close only friends. friends. <laughs> our only friends <laughs> circle on Instagram. Okay. You can start. Oh, thank you so You're much, welcome. Megan. Uh, Serenity Lodge. I think somewhere in that we had to have gotten it. I'm sure. Emma Campbell. Jen Dunning. Kristen Rourke. Rourke. Ariana, I think. Okay, Ariana. Roush. 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 Jess Roach. Tony Nell. Sarah Marsh. Kellen Kendrick. Victoria Rose. Perfect. That's all. We did so good. I'm very proud of us. Words. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for those of you who subscribe to the Patreon. And those of you who don't, like, it's so funny. We'll get messages sometimes from people who are like, I have to unsubscribe because I'm yeah, having money issue. No, and I'm always like, don't aren't even, upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We love you. <laughs> yeah. Trust me. No matter what. Yeah. If anyone in the world right Numbers now understand, are hard. <laughs> understands money problems, it's me. So Numbers are hard. Totally understand. Don't ever feel guilty if you have to no, unsubscribe. No. We'll always be there when yeah. you come back. And, you know, if you can't afford to for any reason, you know, there's so many so many ways you can help out by just spreading the Sharing word about the podcast, yeah. leaving a review if you haven't, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So don't ever feel like you need to pay money. Right. We love you yeah. just for being here ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Have a good weekend. Yep. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.